Blog Talk Radio. In my helmet, cleats, and shoulder pads Standing in the huddle Listening to the call Fans going crazy for the boys of fall Hey everybody And welcome to the fifth quarter with Coach Johnson I'm your host, Dave Johnson Glad to have you with me tonight uh, as you know, December is approaching, and we're getting closer and closer to the to the game. We're going to the Tri City Thunder is going to be playing against the Knoxville Lightning, uh, December the 30th in Nashville, 10 at the top Nissan Stadium. Uh, every day goes by, we get closer, and it's about 19 days away, and. Uh, and I can't tell you how excited we are. Um, we get to play, in case you haven't heard, we get to play after the uh, time the Colts play. Uh, they start at 12 o'clock Central Time, and we're going to 15 minutes uh, immediately following that game. So um, uh, the way it's uh, the way it's looking, that game could have uh, could be for all the marbles or the last playoff spot. And the AFC can be on the line between those two teams that day. So we're expecting a great game and a, and a great crowd for for that game and then for hopefully for our game too. Um, before I get too far, uh, if you would like to call in. We had a good caller last week, Lou from New Jersey, I believe it was. Uh, the number is 657-383-1020, or you can uh, – Reach the chat at radiojchawks.com. Send any questions, comments, or uh, whatever you have there. Uh, so uh, if you want to call in, ask any questions, or talk about any of the football stuff, you're more than welcome to. But uh, I can't – I know I say it every week, and every every day that goes by it gets that much closer, and, and we get that much more excited. And uh, you know this is this is something that you know we we're all when I say we're all all the people that's involved within this is we're all going to be excited about for a long long time. It's something that you know just don't happen every day. Um, I know a lot of a lot of people say this say that. You know I I feel a lot of jealousy over it and. Um, I don't know why. If it works out good, maybe it's something we can build on each year to expand it to help out. But um, you know, it's I, I listen to so many radio shows as I'm driving down the road, and and the one thing that I I gather from all these shows, I hear a lot of coaches come on and talk, and all these coaches, there's only a few of them that don't like the other coaches. Most of these coaches 
all really get along, and somehow, somehow, uh, some way it worked together. They share a lot of information. That's the one thing you don't see in women's football. Um, it's it's never been that way. You know, I know from the first time that uh, Jennifer ever played, and when I the first time I was ever introduced to women's football. And she played down there uh, in Chattanooga, and the, and the coaches or the coach down there. I mean, he just didn't even. I mean, other than shaking the hand at the end of the game with the other coach, he just didn't even have any kind of conversation or or anything. And uh, you know, I know when I played high school, uh, the coaches would talk on the phone and meet somewhere and exchange film, and or we'd send people to exchange film and. Before the game, the head coaches were out there talking to one another. It wasn't nothing personal, and, and that's the one thing that I that I don't get in in women's football. It's just everybody's always trying to outdo everybody, and 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 I I get it's your team against their team. They want to win. You want to win. Everybody wants to win, and you know, naturally, you're not going to go over there and tell them what you're going to do or your game plan and this, that, and other. I, I get all that, but I mean, the fact of the matter is, is we're all suffering from that. And the one thing I gather from all these shows and all this talk is these these coaches really. Get along now. Some of them don't. Now I've seen some even sort of get into it at games, and that happens. And you have a lot of rivalries, and that kind of stuff happens. But for the most part, it it doesn't happen, and and it it really does hurt you uh, when everybody's not on the same page. People are jealous of one another, and uh, you know I always look at it like you know, in, in the rodeo industry, it's the same kind of way. Everybody's jealous of this one or that one. This one's better. Well, most of the time, they're better because they put in more work. They work harder. They do things that you won't do. They do things that people are not willing to do. So, I, I feel like that, you know, we, we hear all this stuff. You know, everybody, oh, I want to do what's best for women's football. I want to do this. I want to do that. But then you can't get any kind of uh, anybody getting along, really. I mean, there's just a lot of stuff to There's a, we hear, you know, hear a lot of stuff, people talking negative and this and that, but we, we don't care. I mean, we're, everybody that's involved in this is really excited. Uh, we're going to go do the best we can uh, with it. I'm sure the other team, uh, the Knoxville team, is going to do the best they can with it. And, uh, you know, we're we're all happy to be a part of it. We want to go down there and represent women's football and our team and, and uh, the league uh, the best possible way we can. So uh, we, we're we just all excited about it. Just wish we could get everybody uh, on board, uh, I know we can't probably, you know, it's, it's hard to do, but you know, you just keep trying and, and that's all we can do. Uh, speaking, you know, of, of these players and, and all of our girls and, and young ladies and everybody that we have, you know, about being excited. I know I announced last week, we also got some young girls going down from, uh, Sullivan East high school uh, to 
to cheer for us. And, uh, you know, just just think of the, you know, how this is uh, changed, going to change their lives. You know, I know they were going to go to a bowl game and cheer, and there was going to be like uh, 10 or 11 or maybe more other teams there. And uh, they they decided to, you know, to come here instead. They'd be the only uh, team on, on the sideline and be – to be there at a pro stadium and, and uh, you know, be on the sideline for uh, a women's football team. And, you know, what better way to uh, to do it than, than how it's going to be done. So, you know, we're we're doing a lot of good things. And, I mean, a lot of this stuff, um, you know, we had did with the Wendy Swing actually have made that happen. Um uh, but you know we're we're doing what we can to make this thing great because it may it may uh, I mean who knows if it goes great and everything it, it may turn into more but it possibly as we know anything can happen you know it may be the last time that we get this opportunity or any of these girls get this opportunity so we're really trying to make the best of it and uh, make the uh, you know make it go smooth. Um, Speaking of Sullivan East, there's a couple athletes there I've been wanting to talk about for a while. I just sort of got caught up in other stuff. But last year I had uh, Dylan Bartley and Riley Nelson uh, from Mary Hughes on on the show. And uh, both of them actually were eighth graders at Mary Hughes last year. They both, both of their teams went undefeated won the middle school state championship for for their district. And uh, I, I won't tell you something. I, I went and watched, oh, well, I watched them play a couple games apiece. And, and I'm going to tell you something. These, these two freshmen right here uh, are really, really doing it. Um, I know we said last year when we had them on and talked about them, I mean, like, we went once to Christmas, not a Christmas, a Thanksgiving tournament that they had up there. And uh, East, actually, the boys actually won won the tournament in their division. And in my opinion, Dylan, uh, which is a freshman, and they got like six or seven seniors on the team. And uh, in my opinion, he should have won the MVP. I, I know I. I mean I'm. I, mean, I don't have any any dog in the race. And just sitting there as a fan, watching him. You know he didn't even make the all tournament team or or anything else. And there was three of their players that did. And then they had an MVP. He was none of the four. And when I watched, I watched that the whole two. They played two games. What it was that they each played. Uh, Every team played two games, two winners played. And the two games, he, he literally uh, outplayed every everybody else as a freshman. Now, I don't know if that had something to do with it, but the, the kid definitely should have won, uh, in my opinion, uh, the MVP because from about midway of the third quarter on, he never came out of the game. He had... Most of the points, several steals, several rebounds, uh, just dictated the game. And uh, that's a that's – a, I know it happens a lot in different places. But when – not not around our, our way. I mean, this is, we're talking small school stuff here. 
to these athletes uh, go up there. Now, Riley actually is the starting point guard on the girls' team. Uh, they lost the championship game, but now she did make the alternative team. Uh, this this young girl is is about – anybody's ever seen the Pistol Pete movie? I'm not saying she's good as Pistol Pete, but the way she sees things and the way she does things are a lot like he did, and she gets chewed out by making passes like that from her coach because she's making passes to – to these girls, and they're not even ready for it. You know, she's thinking so far ahead that if they turn around, they got an easy layup. Um, that's how good these two athletes are. And, you know, it just goes right back to what I said, hard work. I know both of them. I don't know Riley. Well, I don't know either one of them, really. I know their parents. And I know that Dylan uh, is an athlete. He plays baseball. <laughs> Uh, played a lot of basketball this summer, but I talked to Riley's dad the other day, and, and uh, at, when we went to a game, and he came over out of his way just to thank me for having her on the show because that prepared her for uh, an in- a couple interviews she's already did this year, and uh, that's that's what hard work does, folks, and that that's part of the reason I brought this up is don't complain about it. We we hear, you know. Uh, people complain, well, Mary Hughes won because they were stacked. Mary Hughes won because they got great coaches on both sides, boys and girls, and they worked their hind ends off. Uh, they all as, as sixth graders and didn't know nothing, and the coaches took them and made something out of them. That's how they, that's how they did it. It was from hard work, and it wasn't from a stacked team. I get tired of hearing that stacked team when you go out here and get all-stars from each team to put on your team. But when you get fifth graders that are becoming sixth graders and they don't know anything, and believe me, they don't know anything most of them, and you take them from sixth graders, seventh graders, eighth graders, and you win a state championship with them every year, I don't call that a stacked team, folks. I, I call that working hard. And now Riley didn't do it. She, she lost in the uh, game before the state last year and the game before the state two years ago. They won it last year. So she did have an amazing career at Mary Hughes. But just getting back to what I'm saying, that's what hard work does. You can sit and complain about it. You can sit and make excuses about it all you want. But if you want to be good, do the hard work. Let's take a little short break here for just a second. One day, two epic games, 69,000 fans. The NFL's Tennessee Titans versus Indianapolis Colts and the USWFL's Tri-Cities Thunder versus Knoxville Lightning. This December 30th, your Tri-Cities Thunder will be the first women's football team to ever play in Tennessee Titans' Nissan Stadium. A small step for football, a giant leap for women everywhere. These women are changing the world one yard at a time. Just one $30 ticket will get you into both games. For more ticket information or to donate tickets to Vanderbilt Children's Hospital, visit Tri-City Thunder Women's Football Team on Facebook or contact your favorite Thunder player. Get your tickets now. 
Hey, this is Ashley Miner, quarterback for the Tri-Cities Thunder, and you're listening to the fifth quarter with Coach Johnson on J.C. Hawks Sports Network. All right. Thanks, there for James Sweeney and Jessica Tweed and Ashley Miner for the help. I really appreciate that. Uh, speaking of coaches, while I'm on this, um, I, like I said, uh, I've been, I don't know how many miles this uh, in the last two weeks. I have to think about it. But the best thing about this job I got is I got serious uh, radio, and I, all I do is listen to football talk. And uh, literally, that is all I do is, is listen to that. Listen to these, you know, coaches, and, and they call in, and these analysts, and that's one thing and another. And the big debate now is in the NFL, I should say, is is it going to a passing league or are we running the ball? You know, the everybody said the greatest game they ever seen. Well, I'm not going to say everybody. A lot of people have seen the greatest game all year was the Rams and the Chiefs, the 54-51 game. Now, when I hear these guys talking and they did a poll on it, only people – under the age of 30, really liked that game. People from 30 to 40 said it was okay. People above 40 didn't like it at all. Now, if you think about that, and I, I myself, me and Jim are different. I like a lot of scores, don't get me wrong, but I love those defensive games. I like the score of uh, but I like playing good defense and shutting out teams as well. So a good defensive game, I really, really like. So the, it just goes to show you, I took my when I played ball, there wasn't that much score. I mean, you threw the ball really only when you had to. I mean, if you could really throw the ball, you could do lots of things. That gets me in the foot. I want to talk about bringing us to the women's football here. Is I get asked this question all the time, and a lot of our players. And speaking of Ashley up there, she's a, she's our quarterback. She's she's becoming a really really good player. Um, she's uh, new. This is a rookie. Her rookie year. I don't ever call them rookies, but that's what she is. She never played before. We're bringing her along. She learned a lot. Uh, and, you know, all of our receivers, they work hard all the time. And actually, you know, well, we, we want to throw the ball. You want to throw the ball. You want to throw the ball. Here, Here's the thing, and, I, and I'll be honest. I've seen first, up close and personal, I've not seen that many uh, good women quarterbacks because of, I don't know that they work enough on it. I don't know that it's, that they take that much time to put it in their practices during the week to really work on it. Like to, you know, to be a great passing team. Uh, you know, I seen one of the quarterbacks the other day, and I'm not sure who it was. I believe it might have been Drew Brees, even or Aaron Rodgers. One of them. I can't remember. One of the really good ones. And they literally threw the ball while the guy was still running straight down the field. He sticks his foot in the ground, turns his head, and it, and it hits him right in his hands, right at his chest. That's when you can really throw the ball. I don't call being able to throw the ball 
you just throw it up and oh well, I'll go right under that. That's what I call a good good passing attack. And in women's, we don't see that that much. Uh, like I said, I've seen some girls that can throw it. I mean, like you got the girl who played for Chicago for all them years. Uh, I can't remember her name, but Lisa Horton. Uh, even the girl that that we've seen live play at Houston. I uh, had her on the show. Even I can't think of her name. I'm bad for that. But those girls can really, really throw the ball, and I mean, really, really in rhythm and time and had good mechanics and, and all that stuff. And but I I know the passion actually had one good receiver. I don't know about the rest. I know that the Houston team, they had one really good receiver. Seen uh, uh her throw a bunch of passes that uh, hit the girls in the uh, in the hand and, and just drop them. So finding good receivers that know Know the routes, the run the routes every time. Get get the quarterback on the same page. That that takes a lot, and I, I'm just not sure uh, in in women's football that we will ever see it turn into what I call a, you know a passing league. And uh, uh, yes, yeah, Sam Yersoffy from Chicago. And Laura Cantu, yes, from Houston. Thank you for that information. I I couldn't think of it save my life. But yes, both the Sam Grisop, the girl started on the US eighteen, bigger girl. She can really throw the ball. Uh, Lisa Horton, I seen her uh play in a championship game against you. As a matter of fact, was the quarterback and uh they they had Jen Welker Welder or whatever her name is on that team as well. And the Pittsburgh Pass Dunks. Um, I never seen Lauren uh, Cantu so uh, frustrated in all my life. But she is a really, really good quarterback and got big hands and can throw that ball. She was really active. Again, the problem is blocking uh, receivers on those routes. It takes so much time. I never forget when when we watched Peyton Manning play and Jennifer would watch and listen to everything he'd ever put out or do. And, you know, he was taking his receivers on vacation, and they were going places just to throw the ball because couldn't be in the facility around the coaches or things of that nature. And if those guys are putting that much time into it and real on it, just think of how much time us women's uh, teams have to work on. So that's why I don't – I mean, I see a lot of teams try to throw the ball all the time. And some of them can throw it decent. And, you know, a lot of it is is you don't have girls that can cover it. And, uh, you know, so I see a lot of it. But I don't think it will become a pass-happy league uh, like the NFL does. Right now – the NFL, I think they said today that most teams were at uh, like 70% passing and 30% rushing. And I heard a couple uh, a couple of uh, stats, and like last night, Seattle Seahawks won the game convincingly. I know the score don't say it, but convincingly, they won the game, and Russell Wilson only had like 70 yards passing. That's because they played great defense and they ran the ball. 
Now, look, I, I love to throw the ball. Don't get me wrong. I, I love to throw the ball. My favorite NFL player of all time is Dan Marino. Uh, so, you know, I love to throw the ball. But the fact of the matter is, if you can't do it successfully, for one, you don't burn any time off the clock. And if your defense, uh, you're not real deep at defense, and the other team runs the ball a lot, they chew up a lot of clock. Your defense stays on the field a lot. You can't get off the field. And you get the ball back. And if you don't complete some passes, then you turn it right back over to them with not much time on the clock. And most of these women's teams use the same girls. So there you have girls that are just gassed all the time. So I, I don't think in women's football, I'd say it's probably 85-15, 15, 85% run, 15% pass. I don't know those figures, but I, I'm just guessing that's probably about what it is. Uh, now, you know, we went and played a, a scrimmage game, and we we were about a third a third passing and, and two-thirds running. Uh, you know, that's probably as good a balance as, as you know, uh, as, what, as what we'll ever have. Um, because, you, you know, it's just it's hard to get all the receivers on the same page with the quarterback, with the lineman blocking. It's so much easier uh, on them to run block because you don't have to move laterally. Uh, most women have – most women linemen have trouble moving laterally. So, you know, just everything about it, not enough practice, not get together enough, all that uh, – play and that's why we you know I'm I'm just comparing the teams I've seen. I don't want, you know, somebody out there say, Well he talked about this and we do I'm just talking about the teams I seen and I watched and I watched all the championships from the IRS to the WFA to IWFL over the years, all of them. And uh, even that best of the West, you know, when they had it, it's still predominantly run situation. Now, they do have some quarterbacks that can throw it. Um, usually there's a receiver, maybe two on each team that, that's decent, but for the most part, only one. So the big topic, you know, has been, you know, are we going to a, a run? You know, are we going to stay a passing league or, or do you want to run? So the, the topic's been all the teams – that usually win a Super Bowl, even though they have good quarterbacks, they play good defense, they run the ball for 100-plus yards, they run it for 20 to 35 times, and and they throw in there as well. So the combination of all those three is really the answer. So... When you when you think about it, if I give you Russell Wilson's stats last night, and I told you that I give you Kirk Cousins' stats last night, and you hadn't seen the game, and I said one of those it won the game and one lost, which would you think? You'd probably think Kirk Cousins did. He had the better stats, but his team they didn't uh, convert on third down. Uh, the, uh, got screwed on a penalty a little bit, or on a non-penalty call, and and they didn't run the ball. 
third and one or third and two, two or three different times, and they didn't run. You know, and I, I look, I'm a, I'm a, I love the pass. Don't get me wrong. I, I love Justin Bird, if I could connect, we'll throw it every now. I love it. But third and one, third and two, here on their side of the field, that's definitely run uh, yardage. They try to throw it. Guess what? Today, the offense coordinator gets fired. Um, so, anyway, they played good defense. Seattle did. They ran the ball. They got three back. They really ran the ball for a lot of yards. Uh, they converted on third down. Russell Wilson only threw it when he had to, and and they win. So, again, the, the passing is great, but it surely didn't win them that game. So, I heard Charlie Weiss. Now, people don't know Charlie. Um, I'm going to bring up Charlie twice tonight. Um, I, I like him. I, I know people will say, well, of course you do. He he came from the Patriots and under Bill Belichick. I like these old-style guys. Well, guess what? The leading rusher in the NFL, or at least was the leading rusher in the NFL, was Todd Gurley. Okay? So, L.A. Rams go play the Chicago Bears at night in Chicago. It's cold. They only run the ball 11 times. You got Todd Gurley, the leading rusher, won the rushing title last year, leading NFL in rushing this year. You only had the ball off to him 11 times. You try to throw it. Your your defense uh, or your quarterback. Throws four interceptions. Your defense, you got a bunch of a bunch of stars. They don't play together. They play one. I mean, it's like they go for the kill shot every time. You see these guys that hit home runs, uh, you know, or you know, go to the plate. They swing for the fence all the time. It's either um, a home run or, or a strikeout. Hey, let's get another little quick uh, break and then I'll, I'll continue. One day, two epic games, 69,000 fans. The NFL's Tennessee Titans versus Indianapolis Colts and the USWFL's Tri-Cities Thunder versus Knoxville Lightning. This December 30th, your Tri-Cities Thunder will be the first women's football team to ever play in Tennessee Titans' Nissan Stadium. A small step for football, a giant leap for women everywhere. These women are changing the world one yard at a time. Just one $30 ticket will get you into both games. For more ticket information or to donate tickets to Vanderbilt Children's Hospital, visit Tri-City Thunder Women's Football Team on Facebook or contact your favorite Thunder player. Get your tickets now. Hey, I'm Jessica Tweed, lineman for the Tri-City Thunder, and you're listening to The Fifth Quarter with Coach Johnson. All right, thank you, James and Jessica again. Um, getting back to, to Charlie Weiss here uh, and what he said, and, and I really, really loved what he said. Now, uh, if anybody don't know, uh, Charlie uh, was a offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach, all this stuff at New England forever, then went to uh, Notre Dame to be the head coach, and uh not sure if he wound up back in the NFL or if he just retired. Um, old school guy, love. 
He's he's about, you know, doing whatever it takes to win games. That's the Bill Belichick way. You play good, solid football foundation. If we have to run it 100 times and not throw it once, no matter if Tom Brady's back there or not, that's what we'll do. If we have to throw it 100 times and not run it once, that's what we'll do. Play good defense. So, Charlie White is talking, and, and they ask him, uh, you know, hey, what, what do you uh, – um, what do you think about the Rams? He said they should have ran the ball more. I mean, it's just that simple, you know. And and uh, and the guy says, well, why do you, you know? He says, listen, you got Todd Gurley, arguably the best back in the league. You have to run the ball. And you know, they said, well, why do you think they did? He said, well, first of all, I I don't know. I don't want anybody to think I'm talking about that coach. I think that guy's. Uh, Sean McVay's got a is a great coach, got a great future. Sometimes you just get caught up in this. So anyway, they keep probing. He says, but you know, if you want my opinion, he said they didn't run the ball because you need to. All they need to do is attach a, a tight end or maybe two and run the ball, but that ain't sexy enough for them. you know. And 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 in a roundabout way, he he's right. You know, it's all about flashes. You know, I think these. I think a lot of these coaches and a lot of these teams um, get get a, try to get ahead of themselves, try to outdo them, um, you know, on on all this. And and actually, that game, you think about what I said earlier. They played in Kansas. They played Kansas City in a game that was fifty-four to fifty-one. They lost that game the other day, fifteen to six. So. And Chicago's got a subpar offense, but they got a really good defense. And when you don't run the ball, they got Khalil Mack and another guy, Keenan Jicks, I believe, that can really, really get after the quarterback. And uh, when you do those things, you don't run it, and you're throwing it a lot, and you're turning it over, that, that sets up for disaster. So for them... To be able to, uh, you know, not why they not they can't run the ball, but they didn't run the ball. Uh, the quarterback threw four interceptions. I forget how many times he threw the ball. Oh, you know, so so again, the best quarterbacks in the league. Well, right now, one of them playing the best is, is Patrick Mahomes and, and Drew Brees. Drew Brees has two running backs. Now, they throw a lot of short swing passes and screen passes and that stuff. That's just sort of a, a continuation of the run game. They're just short flyer out flat passes in the flat stuff. So, they're, they're almost considered as runs. So, they get those guys the ball in space, run it. Whatever. So when we're talking about these coaches, you know, and and the ideas that they have, the you know, everybody. I hear there's going to be eight new jobs up for grabs in the NFL this year, and all of them are saying they want to find Sean McVay or or the Nagy guy from uh, from Chicago. And you know, from everything I hear. Hey, that's just you know, just two. We just found two out of how many over the years. You know, everybody wants to see that flashy play. You know, they want to see Patrick Mahomes. Hey, that guy's unbelievable. 
love to have the guy, uh, a kind of quarterback like that that can run it and can throw it. I mean, I heard he can throw it from end zone to end zone. You know, he threw a no-look pass in the game the other day. He throws sidearm. Just unbelievable. That He's a playmaker. So he can run it. He can throw it. He puts you in a real disadvantage because he can run it and he can throw it. Just think of that, folks. Now, I told you Russell Wilson only had 70 yards back. I never did hear how many rushing yards he had, but he probably had more rushing yards than he did passing because he scrambled. When you can run the football as a quarterback, it puts defenses in a bad situation because then they have to honor. They can't They can't just lock up on the receivers. I heard, heard a guy say today, hey, when you play New England, Tom Brady, you can play, man. You can turn your back and run down the field for receiver because you don't have to worry about him running. I mean, if he runs, it's just going to be for a first down. You know, you, you turn your back on Patrick Mahomes, he's going to be fouled. You turn your back on Russell Wilson, he's going to be fouled. Same with Lamar Jackson. Those kind of guys, they're going to be following you, man. They see that, they're gone. That's part of, of what I'm saying is, is, is their passing games like Patrick Holmes' passing game is so good because even if his running backs are not that good anymore, he is running the ball forcing defenses to make a decision. Do I stay locked on my receiver? What am I doing? I have to watch him. So we're, we're running it and we're passing. And like I said, if I'm not mistaken, they've gone to 30 run. 70 pass, and I'd say in women's, that's probably 70 or 80 run and 20 to 30 pass. So, getting back to what all this started is, is you know, you want, you got good quarterbacks. I mean, these, these girls I mentioned are really good. But maybe the receivers are not as good. Maybe they can't read the defense as, as good as they need to. There's more to it just drop back, run back, throwing the ball. So we, you know, whatever it takes is is what you do. And you know the the fact of the matter is, is the NFL is changing. You know, I, for me, I always I've always thought it's been a uh, a passing league. You know, from since I. Uh, when I was young, and, and Dan Marino was my favorite player, and Earl Campbell played on the Houston, uh, or on the yeah, the Houston Oilers. He was my second favorite player, and he was a running back. I loved those, uh, you know, good running backs and quarterbacks. But the whole time Dan Marino played, they never had a thousand yard rusher. That's probably why he don't have a Super Bowl. They had a defense that was always in the bottom half of the league. They never had a thousand yard rusher. He's in the Hall of Fame up until Peyton Manning come along. He held all the records. So you might win it, throwing it every down early, but when you can't run that baby, getting this late in the year, and you can't play defense, you're in trouble. I mean, you look at Kirk Cousins, I, I think Kirk Cousins um, is one of the better quarterbacks in the league. I watch him sometimes throw that uh, football. It looks like a dart, man. He throws it so much. But he, he all the passes he's completing was short stuff last night. 
because they were playing defense, really good defense, and they couldn't run the ball. So there's a lot to be said of, of what these old guys and these analysts are saying but these quarterbacks or but these teams and all the listeners and all the young people out there don't don't see it. And I, I listen, I hear it too, you know, on our team. I mean we got some good receivers and, and they work hard and we got uh, a good quarterback. Uh she's gonna be good. And she works hard and they work hard together getting on the same page. But the fact of the matter is until we can go out there and complete 90% of all the throws, all the passes we throw, then we're going to be running it more than we throw it. And uh, I, I don't blame uh, these other coaches. So, speaking of Charlie Wife again, um, I'm not a, fran, uh, not a fan of, of Brady Quinn's um, guy that played at Notre Dame. He played for Charlie. And then he went on to play for Cleveland and I think maybe a, uh, another team or two. But I, I heard him today and he said something that really I, I've known for a long time. Um, but he him saying it, uh, and I wish I could pass this along because everybody always gets uh, an idea that you have to be uh, a great player to, to be a good coach or a good player to be a great coach, whatever. And and that's just somewhat a, a misconception. Now when I when I say that, it uh, you know, there there's a lot that lot that goes into it. But you know, it's like he, he was talking about quarterbacks and, you know, they said, Well, you know, what about this guy? Do you think this guy is a, is a great mentor because he played here and he played there. And and Brady Quinn said, and I said I don't agree with him a lot, but he said, listen, the best quarterback coach I ever had, period, never played a down at quarterback. Matter of fact, was a lineman. He's Charlie Weiss. And I hear it all the time. Uh, you know, especially at this level, well, you didn't play quarterback. You don't know that. It, that has nothing to do with knowing what, what to do, the details of, of the way things are supposed to be done, the way the ball comes out, uh, when it comes out, you know, uh, the timing, the mechanic, all that stuff. It, it, it's not about what Dan Marino did. It's the approach he took to get there. I mean, you look, Peyton Manning will tell you his two favorite players would be Dad and Dan Marino, and he was different than both of them. Uh, same same uh, results, but different ways to do it. So that that you know, there's a lot of a lot to be said for for that with these coaches, and I think that's a you know when when a lot of these. Uh, people, you get the help in this women's uh, division and, and leagues and stuff, and a lot of it. Listen, you just take who you get. It ain't like the, you know, Charlie Wise is knocking down the door to come and help you coach. So a lot of times, you take what you can get, and then you know, as it goes on, everybody wants to try to outdo the other one, step over. Well, I did this, I did that. Well, it ain't about what 
what I did or, you know, the game's way different. The men's game is the same game, but they're different. So to hear these guys say it, and, and you know, it's it's, uh, it, it's stuff that I say all the time and, and people look at me like I'm crazy because it, it really is, folks. You, you don't have to uh, have ever – uh, been a been a part of something to be good at something else. So it's a, a foregone conclusion of people that think, "Oh, this guy was a, was an all state player." Well, that don't mean he'll be an all star coach. So you know, being able to get that message across, being a good teacher, being able to instill that in them is what makes them a good coach. Not not because he was an all state player. You know, I've seen great players. They didn't know anything about how to teach you anything. That, that goes in any sport. So, you know, the the fact of the matter is, is these coaches, uh, they don't have to be uh, what you would call uh, models or, or, you know, or, or great athletes. Or you look out there and, you know, look at Andy Reid. Andy Reid's a big guy. And you look at Charlie White, they're big guys. And, you know, they ain't going to run nowhere, run nobody down. Or you look at Phil Belichick, he's an older guy. Pete Carroll and, and these guys are, are older guys. And everybody wants these young guys. Well, who's got more wins than them three guys? You know what I'm saying? So, you know, uh, I guess it becomes a, um, something that everybody, you know, you're wanting to what you see a model coach. What's this coach supposed to look like? Sean McVay, 30 years old, he can sprint down the sidelines like that. But I'm not saying the guy ain't doing a great job. Don't get me wrong at all. But, you know, that's that's unheard of. Um, you know, his granddaddy was a, was a coach in the NFL. So, you know, it, it's sort of the – um, sort of a foregone conclusion of, of the way things are. And I think by all this talk from people and all the ideas and all social media, a lot of this stuff gets blown out proportions about coaches and, and the way they approach. Uh, let's get one more break in here before uh, we get uh, down the final stretch here. One day, two epic games, 69,000 fans. The NFL's Tennessee Titans versus Indianapolis Colts and the USWFL's Tri-Cities Thunder versus Knoxville Lightning. This December 30th, your Tri-Cities Thunder will be the first women's football team to ever play in Tennessee Titans' Nissan Stadium. A small step for football, a giant leap for women everywhere. These women are changing the world one yard at a time. Just one $30 ticket will get you into both games. For more ticket information or to donate tickets to Vanderbilt Children's Hospital, visit Tri-City Thunder Women's Football Team on Facebook or contact your favorite Thunder player. Get your tickets now. This is Danny Miranda, wide receiver number 23 for the Tri-City Thunder. You're listening to the fifth quarter with Coach Johnson on JC Hawk Sports Network. All right. Thanks, Miss Danny Miranda and James and Jessica. Um, we, uh, last week, Lou called in and wanted to talk about the Redskins and how bad they were with their quarterbacks and 
uh, and uh, he's a Cowboys fan. Um, and you know what? His Cowboys are in the right now. They're in the driver's seat. Uh, they take care of Philadelphia. Um, which I, I mentioned earlier about some of these long calls. I, I did. I didn't see this game, but I heard that the Cowboys must or must the kickoff, and and uh, the Eagles. There was like eleven Eagles around the ball, and one Cowboy nowhere near. And uh, all the Eagles came out with the ball, and they still give Dallas the ball back. I, I don't understand. Uh, I did see the false starts in the Pittsburgh game. Terrible. Uh, I did hear about it last night. The Seahawks game, Bobby Wagner touched, used his two players to jump across, which is a 15-yard penalty. Should have been first day. Instead of Seattle getting the ball when he blocked the kickoff, instead of Seattle getting the ball, uh, Minnesota should have had it first and uh, first and goal at like the 12. Um, you know, I know these refs have a tough job, man. I say it all the time. Um, and these athletes, they're unbelievable. Uh, them trying to keep up. But my point is, we'll review all this other stuff to make sure we get it right. And I'm not saying either one of those. I mean, who knows? That Eagles game went to overtime. That very well could have been the turnaround there. Who knows about Minnesota? That very well could have been – they could have drove down there and scored at the time. The game was just six to nothing, Seattle. So they could have scored. I mean, don't get me wrong. Both of them had plenty of opportunities. But if we're getting all this other stuff right, let's let's get this stuff right, man. I, I, it's just getting to be a little bit ridiculous. I mean, the rules, uh, they talk about them. They put them in place. Uh, why, 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 why we can't get it right, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, um, the Cowboys took care of the Eagles. Um, the Redskins being smart Sanchez, and I, I don't know who would be surprised about that at all. I mean, I, I don't understand that signing. Um, they're actually on their – Fourth quarterback, Josh Johnson, which is uh, uh, to be – he was the first player drafted in this new league. They're starting after the Super Bowl. Um, the Eagles, of course, lost, and the Giants won. Um, you know, there's, I think there's some kind of scenario that the Giants could make the playoffs. I think they have to win out. Maybe everybody else lose out. Um, I'm not sure, but they're – Everybody in the NFC East is somehow still alive for the playoffs. Unbelievable. I mean, just unbelievable. Um, the, I heard today that the, in the NFC North, that Green Bay, after all these losses they've had, but because Minnesota lost again yesterday, that uh, they're somehow still alive. Um, Seattle is, is is in. They're gonna um, they're gonna be the fifth seed. Uh, I, I don't know of any of these teams that want to play them uh, right now. If it ended this week, the way it would be is the first seed would be the Saints, second seed the Rams. This is the NFC. Second seed the Rams. Third seed is the uh, Chicago Bears, and the fourth seed would be the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, the fifth seed would be Seattle Seahawks, and if it ended today, Minnesota would be the sixth seed. So as it's shaping up, uh, I don't 
know that Minnesota's going to win that 16. Like I said, it's up for grabs. I know the Packers still have some kind of a chance. The Eagles, the Redskins, and and the Giants, uh, Carolina, maybe somebody else. I don't know. There's like six teams on the NFC side that had a chance. Here, here's the here's the thing. All you Dallas fans, the game's going to be played in Jerry's world. You're going to have to play the Seattle Seahawks. Now, I'm just here to tell you, they're probably playing better defense and running the ball better than anybody else. Now, I know Dallas has got a good defense, and they got an outstanding rookie that Van Der Esch got. He's really played good. But you're going to have to play Seattle, and I don't know that anybody wants to play them. I mean, they have they have played the Rams to like a point or two point or three point game both times. Um, they beat Green Bay. I know at least once, uh, maybe twice. I'm not sure about that. Uh, but they beat the Vikings. Um, they're they're playing really really good. They beat the Panthers. Um, so. And NFC, that's sort of the way um, that's shaping up. Now, on, on the flip side of that, in, in the AFC, right now the Kansas City Chiefs are, are number one. Uh, the New England Patriots are number two. The, the Houston Texans are number three. And the uh, right now the Pittsburgh Steelers, are our number four, um, and I I believe that the Ravens are number five, and and then I I think that you got the Titans, you got the Colts, you got Miami. Um, who else? No, I take it back. I take it back. The, the Chargers are the fifth seed. And right now, the Ravens are the sixth seed. That's how it is. The Chargers are the fifth seed because they're behind Kansas City. And the Ravens are sixth seed. And then you got the Colts, the Titans, Miami, and the Ravens all still alive for that last uh, playoff spot. So it's pretty much either going to be the Steelers or the Ravens in winning that division. And if that's the case, um, if it would stay the way it is right now, we would have um, we would have the uh, Ravens going to the Texans and uh, the Chargers going to the Steelers. Um, so I don't know that uh, anybody wants to play the Texans or the Ravens. They both play really good defense and run the ball, and and they got some explosive stuff going on. So. These NFL games, this playoff stuff, I mean, it's coming down to the nitty-gritty. I mean, with the Titans and, the, and Miami pulling off that miracle play beat New England, uh, with the Titans winning and Miami winning, they they kept their hopes alive. Uh, the Colts went down there and beat the Texans. That's who else is in it, the Colts. Um, so there, there's like five teams on each side of the division uh, after one spot, and they're all still alive, and it's all going to come down to some kind of head-to-head matchup or, or a conference wins or a strength of schedule. I mean, there's all kinds of ways that, that they can get in. So these, these games are uh, 
you know, if you get in, it ain't what your record was when you got there. Everybody starts at zero. So, you know, it's going to be uh, – you get in, everybody that's going to be in there has a chance. And, you know, we're rooting for the Titans to, uh, to at least still be in it come the 30th. That, that's what, you know, my goal is, is for the Titans to still be playing um, – for a playoff berth, them and the Colts, uh, when it comes down to that game. So, and it very well could come down to that last game because the Titans, uh, they're going to keep their hopes alive. They play the Redskins this week. So, if they beat the Redskins this week, that puts them at a, another step closer. So, hey, any, anything's possible. I know um, they they got to play. Um, uh, I can't remember exactly, but they got to play the Redskins. I know this coming week, so it's going to be going to be a lot of good games. There's a lot of good stuff happening, and uh, you know, uh, in the NFL, the playoff games are going to be really, really good. So um, now's the time of year that I really like to watch all these games. This is when you start seeing the battles, and because they do start running at a lot teams that you know, can run it, then that opens up their passing game. And then teams that uh, play good defense, this this is their time to shine. So um, I'm I'm really excited to, uh, about the playoffs and, and what's coming up for this time of year and actually us getting to play. Um, I did still go back to this college stuff before we uh, get off here tonight. Man, I, I'm still – upset about Notre Dame being in there. And I, like I said, as much as I hate to agree with Brady King, he's a big Notre Dame in. And, and some of these guys, you know, talking about they didn't play a conference championship and they deserve to be in there. They played all these teams. When Alabama didn't play all these teams, Georgia didn't play all these teams. They, you know, I just kept hearing this from fans. Here's the reality of it. They might have played some teams that were ranked in the in the top 25 or whatever, but who were those teams? Uh, if, if Georgia or Alabama or any of those people played the teams, it would have been the same result. If you Notre Dame fans think that the schedule they played was tougher than Alabama or Georgia's, you've lost your mind. And the fact that they didn't play a championship, uh, conference championship game, but they got in over teams that, that did or got beat, it, it's it's ridiculous to me. Um, I, I believe Clemson is gonna is gonna take it to them, um, and I would most definitely love to have seen uh, Georgia uh, play them. So um, I know the you know I heard them. Say that Mark Tyler Murray won the Heisman uh, because that uh, he uh, um, he had played all the games he had played. He really had to play when uh, the Alabama got kid didn't have to play because they were beating teams so much and their defense so much better. And I'm, I'm thinking, well, that that's just sort of crazy. But uh, the guy the guy that won the Heisman, he he is phenomenal. But I'm going to tell you something. They might have played some pretty good teams this year. They've never played a team that can play defense like Alabama. And then Alabama can turn around and play offense. Uh, most of the teams that Oklahoma played 
can play offense. And it, it becomes that 54 51 scoring game I was talking to you about, about the Kansas City Chiefs and the, and the LA Rams. You know, that's about what the Big 12 does every week. Is it gets into scoring contest. So, and the guy is phenomenal. Don't get me wrong. He's fast and, and shifty and uh, can really run and, and do this and that. But I'm, I mean, it, I'm just anxious to see it. They may beat Alabama. Maybe that's Alabama's a key league deal um, is being able to stop that. But I'm here to tell you, they're going to have to do it because, buddy, that's going to be a physical game for them, unlike they've uh, seen before. So um, I I don't know all the bowl games yet. We're going to try to get a, a little package and uh, – do maybe a playoff thing like we did last year um, for the for the bowl games and stuff. I don't know who plays who yet. I've heard some of them, but I, I just think it's going to be uh, a rematch of Alabama and Clemson uh, in that championship game. I just I don't know for life of me. I just I just got that feeling. I could be wrong. And, uh, I mean, I've been wrong several times. But uh, those two teams, uh, at first I didn't think Clemson was that good. And I, I said it on here. Against uh, Texas a and I thought they didn't look that good. But as the year went on, they picked it up. They've got a phenomenal quarter, uh, young quarterback. And uh, they can run it and throw it. they got some good receivers. And they got a really good coach. And, uh they're starting to play better defense. Uh, that's one thing that, that they do better than the other uh, teams besides Alabama in the playoffs is they play better defense. So I, I think that it's you know is going to be Alabama and, and uh, Clemson in the championship game again, and then I think that would be. Uh, I, I thought earlier that uh, Alabama could beat them pretty easy. I believe it'll be a flip of a coin. I believe that young quarterback is that good. And what I what I've seen is is uh, Alabama had trouble defending the the pass all year long against really good quarterbacks. So it it could very well be those two and uh, come come down to the come down to the wire there and, and uh, going to be some great games. There's going to be uh, a great game on this Thursday night. Um, you want to talk about playoff implications on the line? You got the Chargers going to um, the Chiefs. I said the Chargers was a sixty, a fifty. They could wind up winning that that division. If they go in there and beat uh, Kansas City this Thursday night, then they're going to be tied. Kansas City uh, would still have the record because they've not they've only lost one conference game. They would still beat them in a tie, but uh, Kansas City has to play um, another tough game. Maybe Chicago. Oh, sure, they got another another tough game after that. So if they would if they would lose and uh, San Diego or you know, the L.A. Chargers, I'm still confused over that, but the Chargers win. Uh, out and and uh, they went out from here, and the Chiefs would lose to the Chargers this Thursday, and uh, lose another game. Then the Chargers win that division, and they could possibly be the one seed. So 
there's a lot of stuff on the line for these playoffs, and I know a lot of people don't like him, and Jennifer's one of him, and I'm not a fan of his, even though I should be, uh, because he's, he's just a winner. That thing, uh, quarterback out there is uh, is playing good, man. There ain't no no doubt about it. Bill Rivers is doing the deal. Um, he completed like 25 out of 26 passes the other day in the game. Um, the, the guy is playing really, really good. Um, he, he's got that uh, win attitude and sort of don't give a dang crap, and, and he, he's been he's been really good uh, this year. So Patrick Mahomes has been great. So Thursday night's going to be a great game. going to be some playoffs uh, implications on the line. Uh, so um, before we go, I want to thank J.T. Hawk Sports Network, um, all these girls that you had family issues. Hey, we're hoping for the best. Uh Thank the Swings and my players for doing the promos and stuff for us. I really appreciate everybody. Uh, that being said, we're going to get out of here tonight, and uh, we'll see you again next Tuesday night.